hello and welcome. I'd like to welcome the, the new or the newish Minister for Early Education from Victoria, Ingrid Stitt. Welcome to the Early Education Show. Thanks very much, Lisa. It's really lovely to be with you. So remind me, how long have you been in the position? Uh, since the end of September last year, so a relatively short period of time in the scheme of things. Um, but, you know, it's been an absolute privilege to uh, get to know more about the early childhood portfolio and meet some of the fabulous people that are very passionate and work in this, in this industry. Yeah, there's lots of us, isn't there? There um, is. So, look, you know, one of the things, like the most important thing I think that I want to talk to you about is once again, we're back waiting to hear if we're going to get a one-year extension to universal access funding. What yeah. do you reckon is going to happen this year? Well, I, I certainly hope that there's a decision imminent in relation to refunding um, the National Partnership for, for early um, Universal Access to Early Childhood Education. But I think I'd probably speak for many, many people in the, in the sector um, to express my frustration that we seem to be on this um, roundabout of one-year extensions. And I think that, um, you know, all the evidence is in and what needs to happen is much more longer-term certainty around funding. So... Uh, that in those jurisdictions, including Victoria, where we're in the middle of some very big reforms in early childhood, uh, we can have the sector concentrate on those reforms and attracting teachers, retaining teachers and educators, uh, and obviously giving children the very best start in life and not having to worry each year about whether the funding certainty is there or not. Do you have any idea why... Well, you know, in your mind, why do we keep getting these one-year extensions? Why do you think they're never prepared to commit further than one year? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little mystified as to what the reasoning might be, Lisa. Um, uh, Alan Tudge is the second um, federal minister since I've become minister in that short period of time. And, you know, I think that it was fair enough to let him get his feet under the desk. But um, I can't see any reason why um, the federal government would not be looking at longer term funding arrangements, particularly given um, the recent uh, reports into why, why it's so important to have longer term certainty and why that means um, actually uh, biting the bullet and looking at ways that we can provide uh, not just 12 or two year funding packages, but actually looking at much more forward planning, like four or five years worth of funding. Um, that's certainly what, what the NAUS report um, recommended. And I know it's something that I want, I'm very keen to discuss uh, when the education ministers um, get together uh, later in the month. Have you met with Minister Tudge yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I've, I've corresponded with him. <laughs> I've, I've certainly written to him recently. Um, I think I might out. have seen that letter on Facebook, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I thought it was important to outline why the Victorian government um, thinks that it's so important that this uncertainty is cleared up. Um, so I did write to Minister Tudge uh, recently, I uh, haven't had a response yet, but I'm, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that we will be able to discuss it um, with other state and territory education, early childhood 
ministers um, at the end of the month. And do um, like I heard recently along the grapevine that someone was suggesting that Scott Morrison really wants to just hand all of early education and care to the states. Do you think that there is any possibility of such a radical change from the federal government? Uh, look, I don't know. Um, I, I guess time will tell as to whether that's that's in their minds. Um, but I think that uh, leaving aside the issue of responsibility uh, as to whether it's a state or federal responsibility, um, you can't keep putting off the fundamentals. And to me, one of the bedrocks of being able to bed down really big reforms like we're, we're in the midst of in Victoria is taking away that uncertainty um, from what's already a fairly complex um, reform that we're trying to land. So in Victoria, for example, next year we will be rolling out a three-year-old kindergarten across every part of the state. We've already got 21 local government areas um, that have access to funded three-year-old kinder currently um, but that that reform really steps up next year uh, with the rollout across all of our council areas um, and I'm really keen to make sure that uh, they can concentrate the sector can concentrate on that really big job and not have to worry about um, whether they can pay the bills. How how much you know what proportion of the funding that the Victorian government spends on early education and care comes through the universal access agreement. Um, well, it's a it's a fairly significant contribution. Um, it ensures that we can provide that additional five hours of universal four year old kindergarten, uh, and we know that um, that taking the uh, funded four year old kindergarten from ten to fifteen hours a week. Uh, really makes a huge difference in terms of um, the benefits of early childhood education, but particularly for vulnerable children who will benefit the most from universal access. Uh, and that's also obviously driving and informing uh, our work in relation to adding three-year-old kindergarten to the picture. So, um, And you know, as I understand it, three-year-olds are, are eligible for five hours of funded um, kindergarten under your system, is that right? Um, so, so basically um, Victoria uh, increased, we moved progressively from 10 to 15 hours per week. No, I'm talking about for, for three-year-olds. Three-year-olds, oh, sorry. So th three-year-olds initially we, we're um, funding five hours and that will, over the life of the reform, that will increase up to um 15 hours by 2026. So it is a gradual increase. And um, look, pleasingly, uh, even before we've rolled out the three-year-old reform across the state, there are already many, many early childhood services that are already offering unfunded three-year-old kindergarten, and it's already proving to be very popular. And I think probably having free kinder this year in Victoria as a COVID recovery measure is in large part the reason why that that um, demand is there. So, um, you know, it all bodes well for the future. It's a really exciting time. And the other thing that is obviously of huge benefit uh, is the number of quality um, early childhood jobs that this reform is going to create. 
over the life of the reform, we're looking at about 8,000 additional teachers and, and educators. So, you know, it's really significant um, for not only children uh, and, and getting them the best start in life, but also for creating those quality jobs in the sector. So, it, yeah, like from an observer of Victoria, it feels like the state is fairly committed to providing both three- and four-year-old um you know, kinder, and as you said, this year it's even free for your four-year-olds. Yes. What you know? Will you retain that commitment even if another universal access agreement isn't signed? Um, well, look, we're we're very committed to um, providing the the base uh, hours that that are already there, plus the addition of the three-year-old kinder across the state next year. Obviously, we believe very strongly that the Commonwealth have a, have a part to play in that funding um, scenario, um, uh, but we're not going to, we're, you know, we're certainly not going to let a situation evolve where um, the fund, there is a funding shortfall. However, we'll be, we'll be um, advocating very strongly that the federal government continue with their contribution uh, and as I indicated earlier, Lisa, we, we, we don't want to see this 12-month rollover and uncertainty every year. It's not fair on those um, service providers and for parents, frankly, that are trying to get their children settled into early childhood education for that, for that kind of uncertainty um, in other, you know, funding arrangements across different sectors and industries uh, it wouldn't be acceptable to have this sort of constant uncertainty and we think that that um, now is the time to fix it. It might say something about the federal government's um, uh, feelings about children in, at all that, you know, it is considered okay to just kind of ignore it. I do wonder, however, if the fact that states like New South Wales and Victoria have um, proceeded with free preschool and kindergarten has kind of put the idea into their minds that, um, you know, that your commitment to it is strong enough that um, the funding, you know, may not be needed this year? Mm, well, I certainly, you know, haven't done anything to give them that impression. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know, I think that uh, part of the reason why uh, we also wanted to make sure that um, we were you know, COVID had a really significant impact in Victoria, as we all know. Um, it was also a really difficult time for, for early childhood providers. Um, and we, we, in acknowledgement of that, we wanted to um, provide free kinder this year uh, because it, it's not just about supporting children, it's also about supporting those services, um, the staff that work in, the amazing staff that work in those services and also assisting with um, participation in the workforce for um, predominantly women. So, um, you know, from my point of view, because we've provided free kinder is not a reason uh, for the feds to vacate the space, if anything. It's actually generated more demand and so that funding is needed even more so. Uh, and I guess I would contrast... Um, what the federal government do in relation to school funding, um, the, you know, they need to take a similar longer-term approach to early childhood. Yeah, all of the evidence... it's absolutely unbelievable that 
if this was happening in a school scenario, that it wouldn't be front page news across, you know, well, every right. media, isn't it? It's somehow acceptable because it's only early education, which, you know, gets mixed up with childcare anyway. You know, it, it yeah. just seems unbelievable. I think, we, I think we need to, as much as possible, um, you know, continue to advocate really strongly that um, that the early years of education for three and four year olds is as important as the primary school and secondary school education years, uh, and and obviously when when we're starting to see the benefits of two years of of uh, kindergarten uh, early learning, um, then you know I, I think we'll be able to see the real benefits of that not just in the early years of primary school but throughout people's learning or children's learning throughout their school years. So um, we're very committed to this uh, and we're going to see the reform through. Okay. And can I just ask, have you had much access to um, to your counterparts in other states? Because you're the really clear ones where you've got either the 10 hours or the 15 hours if you get the federal funding, whereas it's a bit more murkier mm. in some of the other states. Are the other states as committed as yours to, um, you know, to fighting this with, with the feds? Oh, look, I think there's a really, um, I think it's a really important time for early childhood education across the country, really, and I'm, I think that the signs are really good. Uh, it, this will be my first um, opportunity to, to talk with um, state and territory and federal counterparts since I've become minister, um, uh, which, you know, I'm really looking forward to, Lisa, because I think that well, there's a lot of common um, goals amongst state and territory governments about the importance of the early years. Um, so I would expect that, that there'll be strong support for um, continuing uh, this universal funding from the federal government and also making sure that that is, um, you know, much more significant in terms of the length of the funding. And are there any other issues on your radar, you know, with the federal government for that next Education Council meeting? Um, look, uh, the agenda's not out yet, um, but I but I certainly know that um, uh, the acting Premier, who's also the Education Minister who held the early childhood uh, portfolio responsibilities before me, I know that, um, you know, he'll be advocating very strongly for uh, Victorian schools and school children and parents. Um, you know, I think it will. It's going to be a very important meeting, and hopefully, uh, we can get some good outcomes in both um, early childhood and and school education um, outcomes from that meeting. Uh, and look forward to maybe following up and having a chat with you um, once once that meeting's <laughs> done. Okay. Can I just say on behalf of the rest of the states and territories, especially New South Wales, can you stop doing quite so much in the early education care space? You're making us all <laughs> incredibly jealous. I was looking at the amount of money you're investing into, um, into scholarships and fast-tracking of teachers um, mm. of diploma-qualified educators to get teaching degrees, and I was just thinking... It's so you're so far ahead of some of the, uh, um, you know, or you're so far ahead of my state, New South Wales, that it really, really is aggravating. You know? So can you just tone it down a little bit? 
Uh, I can't promise that, no. Um, <laughs> it's full steam ahead. Uh, obviously, you know, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. We know there's an enormous amount of work to do, including, um, a, you know, a very critical pipeline of, of um, qualified teachers that we're going to require over the next you know, four to six years in particular to bed down three-year-old kindergarten reforms. Um, so we'll always be looking at ways that that we can, you know, incentivise people to go and, and, and up, upgrade their qualifications and also look at ways that we can attract new people into the sector. Uh, and also, importantly, I think it's about valuing the teachers and educators that we already have um, and working really hard on retention of those really skilled and qualified um, staff who are amazing you know I've been uh, in awe of, of the work that they do as I've moved around the state and visited um, early education providers so uh, you know I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we're doing and we're just really committed to um, continuing the reform. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Early Education Show and thanks for saying that about educators and early childhood teachers. We, of course, at the show think that they all deserve, you know, at least 100% pay rises immediately, but we're going to have to see funding increased across the board from all levels of government for that to happen. Thanks, Lisa. It's been really lovely to chat to you uh, and look forward to doing so in the future.